Hello and welcome to Management for Startups. Management for Startups is about learning uh, management in small businesses and organizations between 2 to 50 people. My name is Cedric. This podcast is never lang- longer than 15 minutes. So let's get started. Oh, got a little excited there. Um, today, we're going to be talking about the optimal number of subordinates uh, that a manager should have. And this episode is pretty much the first episode that isn't part of the mini-series, the bare minimum you need to know to be an adequate manager. So uh, we just ended that last episode, episode nine, uh, and the past like eight episodes or so before that was, you know, to cover the like five techniques, right? Which I said was the bare minimum you need to be, you need to know to be an adequate manager, uh, which was, you know, four techniques plus one hidden technique, training, uh, well, delegation training, prioritization, one-on-ones, and learning to give feedback. So now I'm sort of free to sort of talk about any management technique I want and I can go and talk about more advanced things uh, not just like the basic stuff but today I do want to talk a little about uh, what you call the 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 right uh, the best number a manager should have the best number of direct reports a manager should have uh, because that's a fairly foundational thing and I'm I'm fairly excited because I recently discovered a a new reason for the optimal number so um, in this scenario okay like if you're thinking about you know, why is this number interesting or why is this question interesting, consider the scenario where uh, you're a manager at your startup and for whatever reason, your boss decides to merge a team with yours or decides to give someone else's team to you for more responsibility. And say that you're currently managing like four people and the other team is like five people. Um, should you accept uh, the responsibility of managing another team? Now, this actually happened to me and I'll talk about that in a bit. Um, but you can see, right, like in startups when things are sort of chaotic, when people come and go, this can you know, certainly be a, a real issue. And in, in fact, it will continue to be an issue for the rest of your management career, even if you leave the startup and move on to bigger companies, because knowing the right amount for you personally uh, is, is going to affect your day-to-day uh, lived experience as a manager a great deal. Because we all know that like managing more people means more work, right? <laughs> so how do we think about this? Um, well, the most common number that's given when when people discuss uh, this topic is 7 plus or minus 2. Uh, and I'll repeat that again, 7 plus or minus 2. So that, that means that like if you have 5 subordinates, that's okay. If you have 9 subordinates, that's okay. And anywhere between this range is all right. And the reason like minimum 5 is because... Um, uh, well, you don't want to have too little people, right? Because that means that your managerial leverage is limited and the output of your team, the impact that you can have is, is sort of wasted. Um, but why nine? Why seven plus or minus two? Now, there are two really interesting reasons. The first reason is like a bit more normal or the, the, the reason that I first learned about when I started doing management, which is the reason that's commonly given uh, by Andy Grove in high output management. And I think this isn't... Uh, advice or rather this isn't an idea that originated from him the way he says it is that uh it's already common management knowledge uh when he wrote the book and the reason that he gave was basically that you are a manager is expected to spend about an hour per direct report um per week which means that if you have a seven person team you would expect to spend around seven hours of your time just managing the seven people that you have under you and like this is not like a precise measure by any form this is sort of like a heuristic or a rule of thumb right and this this number of hours is spread across every kind of activity and engagement that you have with them including delegation or meetings or conversation or just like checking the output of their work um, day-to-day management normal management stuff and this 
rule apparently is so universal that it doesn't apply to just the technology industry. It applies to uh, fast food chains or uh, managing factory workers, right? And so Grove says that if you think about it like that, then the question then becomes like, what's the number of hours that you're willing to sacrifice on direct uh, uh, management work on your subordinates? And the answer to that is if you assume you have a 40-hour work week, then uh, you know nine subordinate basically means that nine hours of your time per week is spent coordinating on your subordinates um, and you know spend with your subordinates and that's probably the lower end of things we all know that coordination and communication costs increase with the number uh, of people on a team so it's probably a bit higher than nine hours and if you think about like a traditional 40-hour work week, then you probably know that nine hours is a nearly a full quarter of the manager's time just spent managing their subordinates. And a quarter is a huge amount of time, right? If you're a manager, you probably have a whole bunch of responsibilities. Some of you may still be individual contributors. You could still be a programmer, a marketer, or a designer, which means you still have to produce output directly. And if you have a full quarter of your time every week just taken up managing subordinates, right? That's like that's pushing the limit of what you can do. On top of that, of course, we know that management work consists of a lot of like unforeseen circumstances, things happening that you didn't expect, and that that will take up more of your time. So Grove argued that nine hours was like the absolute limit, and this is usually like for superhumans, right? Like if you're really organized, then you can maybe manage nine subordinates, but that's the upper end of things. So that's the more normal, more conventional wisdom uh, reason for 7 plus or minus 2. But I recently came across a really interesting result, right? Which is from neuroscience or, well, cognitive psychology. So as it turns out, in 1950, I can't remember, was it 1958 or 1956? Um, George Miller uh, discovered that the amount of... Uh, sh uh, items or things that you can hold in your short-term memory is seven plus or minus two items. And this result was really interesting because like, well, it's explained a lot of things. This result is fairly well known. It is, for example, why most phone numbers are between seven to eight digits long um, because that's the number of, uh, uh, you know, the, the amount of numbers that you can hold in short-term memory. And when you had rotary dial phones, right, that's the number of numbers you can keep in your head as you are rolling through the numbers on your old-fashioned rotary dial phone. Um, but it's also, an, like there's speculation in the many decades since the result was first discovered that 7 plus or minus 2 is also the reason why uh, there is a limit to the number of people that you can have uh, to have a productive meeting. And the reason is that the number of people that you can keep in your head, right, is limited by the amount of uh, things that you can keep track of in, in your short-term memory. So obviously, like, if you can only keep track of 7 plus or minus 2 people, then that's, you know, what you're stuck with. I thought that this was really interesting, right? And that sort of suggests why the, there's a limit to the number of subordinates that you can have in your team. In fact, some people have also suggested that that's why uh, in a sport, professional sports team, uh, roles are never more than uh, seven people. Like usually they're around six. So like, for example, in rugby, the number of fronts and the number of backs are like six each. And that's sort of limited by working memory as well. And it was like, I, I was really surprised because when I saw the result, right, I was like reading up on uh, teaching and, and how, learning how to teach better. And one of the biggest like results in teaching research is you should introduce new concepts and no more than seven plus or minus two per uh, session. And I, I will I'll talk about that in a separate episode because that has implications for training new managers, right? Um, but it was really interesting to see this number pop up because I recognize it from uh, the more conventional wisdom uh, that you should only have seven plus or minus two people when 
when you are uh, counting the number or looking at the size of your team. So that's an interesting result, and that's pretty cool. Uh, but how is this actionable, right? Right? How is this uh, useful to you as a practicing manager? Well, one of the things that I like to tell my managers, uh, especially the new managers, is to try and find your limit and try to do this as early as possible in your career. Now, I don't mean like you should go out and get teammates and uh, aggressively expand your team until you find your limit between five and nine people. Um, but I do mean that uh, looking out for opportunities where you can expand your team uh, and also like constantly evaluating if the workload that you have, given the number of people that you manage, is something that you are happy with, right? And, and the reason I say this is because it is really useful to know your limit and it's really useful to know like the sort of uh, work that you have to do and the sort of habits that you have to keep if you're managing different size teams. So for example, my limits are eight people maximum. That's it. Uh, anything more and I'm probably going to drop some balls that I'm juggling. Um, and if I want to code, uh, so like eight people is if I completely lose all my individual contributor work. I cannot program anymore. Uh, if, if I were a designer, which I'm not, I probably can't design. But I know that I definitely cannot program if I'm managing eight people. And uh, I also know that if I do want to keep programming, uh, probably the maximum that I can handle is five people. I'm not, I'm not that much of a superhuman, I'm afraid. Um, and the reason this has been valuable to me is because now I can sort of like shape my career, right? Shape the kind of life that I want to have and the kind of uh, work-life balance and my satisfaction uh, when I'm working at a company. And that, you know, it means a whole bunch of things. It means like, for example, if my boss tells me, oh, you know, you have to manage a second team, I can sort of do the rough math in my head and say like, huh, maybe no, maybe maybe this is a bad idea. Or, or maybe I'll, I can like take it on for like a month and really suffer. Uh, but then we have to like find a replacement manager for the other team very quickly. Um, and the reason I know this is because I have lived through it through painful experience. Sometime in the mid, in the middle of 2016, uh, there were two teams in my company. I, I managed, I, I was sort of responsible overall for the entire engineering office. But day to day, I managed execution of the web team or the server team. And then the other team was the native team, which basically built apps for native applications like Windows or native platforms, sorry, like Windows or iOS or Android. Um, and the team leader for that uh, wanted to move to Singapore. And so basically we were losing him, right? And I, we couldn't find a, another person to replace him in time. So basically he left and then I, I had to take over his responsibilities. Essentially, the number of direct reports that I had uh, exploded from around five or six people to 13 people. Um, and that was horrible, all right? I spent two months in this hell. I found myself so overworked that, you know, I found myself in the office on nights and weekends and I swore to myself never to repeat this ever again. Um, but the, the upshot of it, like the end result of it is that I knew my limits and I knew the sort of like responsibilities or like the sort of changes that I needed, needed to do to my working style in order to support that many people. I now know, for example, that if I were to manage eight people uh, or, or maybe nine people, but that's not really great, I would have to be super organized. And I think this was the first time since university many, many years ago that I started practicing very strict uh, GTD. GTD stands for getting things done. It's the task management process and workflow uh, recommended, I think, very famously by the author David Allen. And I, I actually found myself uh, to become like a very strict, rigorous practitioner of GTD when I manage eight people. And that's sort of the thing that you should find out early in your management career, uh, partly because the stakes are lower and also partly because then you can sort of be more strategic when you are selecting management roles going forward. So um, that's the advice that I give a lot of my, like my new managers. 
Um, but at the same time, I think if let's talk about like if you find yourself in the off, unfortunate in a situation of managing more than nine people, right? More than the range of seven plus or minus two. Um, what do you do in that situation? So eventually, in my in my case, what I did was I found a uh, replacement for the team lead who left. This was really painful because it meant that on top of my normal workload, I also had uh, I also had recruiting uh, work to do, which is like an additional burden. Um, but it's necessary because if I knew that if I wanted to uh, remove the responsibility for the other team, I would have to find a competent team lead. Um, the other thing that I did, and this is something that I think it's universally applicable, right, to, to anyone in any industry, in any company, is to find a way to replace a portion of your direct reports with a manager. So for example, if you have a team of 10 people, you can try to find one of your uh, most senior uh, engineers or senior members of that team and turn him into a manager for three other people. So basically now you're just managing uh, six people uh, plus, sorry, seven people, right? So six direct reports and one manager and that manager in turn manages three other people. And so this is sort of like, you can see how a, even a CEO of a thousand man company, a uh, thousand person company, sorry, that was you know, a gendered pronoun. Um, thousand person company uh, CEO can still manage this because he basically only, he or she basically only has to manage like seven uh, to nine direct reports. And these are like chief executives uh, or sorry, chief operating officer and so on and so forth, right? The executive team. And, uh, and, you know, it just sort of like spirals down. You manage seven people and some of them are managers or maybe all of them are managers and they're responsible for seven other people and down it goes. And so it's really useful to sort of like, like Think like, okay, I have a team of 30 people maximum, but in practice, the direct reports to me is never more than seven plus or minus two, depending on my personal practices, my personal preferences, and my knowledge of how I work and whether I enjoy working with this many uh, direct reports. All right, so that's it for this week. Uh, I'll see you next week. Um, thank you for listening. Cedric out.